0: i don't know i remember i got drunk in like middle school on a trip to quebec off of maple syrup so that was fun hey guys hey now i want some maple syrup some good (laughs) taffy on snow
1: you can get drunk off maple syrup
0: well i don't know it it was middle school me so i could get drunk off of anything air quote drunk (laughs) but yeah um don't just chug a bunch of maple syrup as is it's tasty but it's it's a weird feeling
2: solid advice Oh,
0: hello there. It's been a while. We've missed you. Season 40
1: is here, and it's gonna be a doozy. Buckle up. Stranded is back. 36 days, 40 castaways, three co-hosts, and one podcast. This is Stranded in the AGNC, and I'm your host, Pooty. Today we're joined by three co-hosts and alumni of Stranded. Dean, who originally played in Stranded in Tanzania. Hello. Crazy James, who originally played in Isolated Espionage. Hello. And Susie, who originally played in Stranded in Corolla Islands. Hi there. Today we're going to take a look back at The Swap of the agnc and the lead up to tonight's mega merge a very exciting event we've been building up to the entire season so um i guess let's get into the recap uh fortunately levita's taken copious notes for us to to cheat off of <laughs> so uh some uh what are they called cliff notes Are
2: they yeah, cliff, cliff. Notes.
3: cliff notes yeah
2: mm-hmm
1: I think where we left off, we were heading into the swap. So that was episode five. Or maybe it was right
0: after. Yeah, episode five was the last OG tribe stuff. And then after that was the swap.
1: All right, I guess let's start on Crete. What we do with these is we bounce um, back and forth in the game by round. So for this round, we have on Lato, there are obvious duos in Jacob and Dominic, Bradley and Stephanie and Morgan and James, with Wendell playing all sides. Not much changes with the tentative vote plans. Uh, Morgan, James, Bradley, and Stephanie plan to split the votes between Jacob and Dominic, believing that Wendell will vote Dominic with them. Uh, Wendell tells Jacob and Dominic that he will vote for James with them. So a little bit of Wendell kind of playing both sides of the fence there.
0: Yeah, and this is something that he's going to continue to do. And he wants to continue to do it for as long as he can.
2: In the game that I watched, I spectated that Levita played in with Wendell. He made a huge move there. That And he seems to continue to want to make big moves I'm not sure how far it's getting him, but he's still in the game, but not, not sure how much trust it's lost for him, but maybe not.
1: Yeah. I think that this mega merge could potentially benefit him very well <laughs> if it's used correctly. Like uh, it it's going to be a little bit of a reset when they finally get to mix with the other game. But, you know, it's a, it's a matter of if he makes it to the other people.
0: Yeah, I think for a lot of people on the cast is when the mega merge happens. It's going to be who is swapped on who because there's the two regular tribes and then there's that one mixed tribe from both games. And I think it will really matter uh, where Wendell's placed. I think he is okay in most situations,
3: but there are some. Scenarios which may not be the best for him. Yeah, I think he's fine generally. I mean, he's pretty good at making friends quickly. I think his biggest risk would be if, like, the four people because it's going to be four people from his game joining the the mixed tribe. If you know, it's his four closest allies that all jump or something like that could be bad, obviously. But I think he'll be fine though.
1: So first on Zach Rose, uh, Jay finally broaches to his other Trimates mates that he wants to vote Michaela rather than Rachel. Most fall immediately in line except for Brett, who tries to use Michaela and Rachel to make a move against Jay. Yeah, you know, really, this tribe has been kind of. Slow. It's been a slow burn with some, you know, everyone's making these obvious targets. But Rachel is the last of those targets, so really, you would assume she just get picked off. But Jay finally decides, you know, he'd rather make his move, and Brett's not really feeling that.
0: I think it's because Brett might realize that he's sort of in the bottom. I don't know if he thinks that he's immediately gone right after the Zachros three, as they're called. But I think that it, he sort of would prefer the the Jay and his followers to uh, stick together. And I don't know, he wanted to go against Jay. That's what it says in the notes, right? Maybe it's because it's been a few days, but I don't exactly remember that as well. So I don't think that plan really stuck to it. I don't think Brett has the right amount of agency to make a move like that. And not to mention, Rachel has been really good at making people feel comfortable with her and it's also a bit of i don't want to say luck but it's a good fortunate situation that paul and michelle left before rachel because rachel's the only one left and what's the point of picking off the last person when that happens there's going to be infighting in that larger group so i think it's a combination of both of why rachel is doing so good on that tribe and probably One reason why Brett's plan uh, wasn't really working with anyone to go against Jay, but that definitely stirred some controversy because they seemed unified at that point. The, you know, the Zach bros or whatever they call themselves, they were all unified and then... Suddenly, like right before that tribal, Brett and Jay, like they just went at it against each other. And it's actually good that the swap happened for Brett right after because Jay and everyone else was really not liking Brett for what he tried to do.
1: Yeah, and I don't... I didn't follow this, Chad, too closely. I just know it was a bummer that Michaela ends up getting the boot here. So it says, In the immunity challenge, Code Breakers, although they get off to a rocky start by not understanding how to read start times and post within 90 seconds, Lato ultimately wins immunity. Brett's plan to blindside Jay on Zachros fails, as both Rachel and Cece immediately tell him. Jay is unbothered by the news and keeps the target on Michaela. Jessica thinks Rachel is to blame for everything, but... Uh, doesn't push the change to the target. So Michaela's voted out seven to one, one vote going to Jessica. And Michaela kind of gets wise to this and really is upset with Jessica, who this is really where Jessica starts to become like a, a character in maybe not the best way. Well, the best way for us watching, but uh, part of her, I guess, villainous side comes out.
0: Yeah, I think she doesn't exactly know that she's a villain, though. So I'm, I'm kind of unsure of how to comment politely. But essentially, that's what it is where this is where we start to really see Jessica become her own. And she really got offended that Michaela threw one vote for her, even though, I mean, Michaela's got a vote for someone if she went home. And yeah, I don't know. There's something about the way that she carries herself where she has, I said this in the Lurker server somewhere, but she gives me Nicole Franzel vibes of how the way she's playing the game and adapting and just sort of being with the in crowd and knowing how to use that knowledge. But at the same time, she gets, uh she's sensitive, you know,
3: I think a little, a little holier than thou, yeah. and, you know, kind of thinking that they're better than, than the, the outsiders and using that to kind of perpetuate and reinforce that oh they're outsiders for a reason it's because they've done something wrong that we the insiders haven't when really it's mostly been a bunch of like random luck and shit that's kind of (laughs) um, distinguishing it. you know she basically thinks her shit doesn't sting
0: and everyone else has and it just doesn't sit too well with me. But I mean, it provides a different character than a lot of people on the cast.
3: So I guess that's one thing. Yeah, I think it's it's a different kind of villain, the villain that kind of lacks self awareness. It's not the Rodney <laughs> going around and and just being a total asshole. I mean, everyone loves Rodney, but like, but he knows who he is. Like, I think he, he knows he's trying to be an asshole. Yeah, um, I think
0: most villains do like of different calibers like i bradley as well he uh even though he's not necessarily the biggest game player for a villain i mean his confessionals are definitely very asshole like and yeah
1: it's the you know she's a hero in her own mind uh it's reminiscent i mean i could think back on survivor to like uh amy from vanuatu or um coach was a good example of one it's these villains that believe that they're The good guys and they're fighting for justice and all their decisions are based off that, which can be very dangerous, especially when it's not based on reality or at least the reality that we see. Now, I mean, at the end of the day, this is all just a game. So, you know, I don't think Jessica is like this evil person in real life. I just think she needs to take a step back in this particular situation and, you know, come to it with a little bit of humility of, you know, hey, maybe I'm wrong here, you know.
2: Jessica runs her life, at least part of it, around her beliefs in supporting the underdog. She's the one that started a nonprofit organization to help people escape addiction and sex trafficking. She is a social justice warrior, and I think she firmly believes that she's correct in her opinions. And if she had all of the information available to her in real life, she probably is correct most of the time. Um, But here she just uh, falls semi-hilariously short of that goal.
0: Yeah. And not to spoil anything, but we'll see later on that just playing the game essentially is something that she doesn't take too kindly to if it involves lying or anything of that sort. And <laughs> I <laughs> can enjoy people who maybe they want to play a game with integrity and not lie and just want to be friends with everyone. That's okay if that's your prerogative. But what I don't like are those people who try to push that viewpoint onto others and say, I don't want to play a lying game, but also you can't play a lying game. That's where I kind of go. Hmm, maybe not. I,
1: I, yeah, I'm not even sure if it's that so much as I think it's uh, James kind of hit on it a little bit. It's that she's vilified other the people outside of it to where yeah, I think it's fine if you want to be a nice person and you you're loyal to your people. And I mean, certainly Susie is someone who did that before. And uh, I think the the major difference here is that she has painted the underdogs in this scenario uh out to be villainous which maybe they are but it's such like an unnecessary part of a online game i think that that's what's rubbing the viewers the wrong way and uh you know honestly i mean it could all change if she becomes an underdog it's just right now this is what the viewers are experiencing with jessica is some frustration around this narrative she's painted Um, that we just don't
0: see. I think that's a fair assessment.
2: Yeah, right now she's a little bit hard to take, but who knows how it could turn out.
1: Oh, well, let's let's move on to Rhodes in episode five. Chimeros, as the tribe continues to ignore that JD could be an option to vote out, Brad and Voce target each other. For most of the day, it seems like the votes are on Brad with everyone except Tiffany on board. On Mausolus, hashtag Halsey continues their work. That's Haley and Lindsay continues their work in planting seeds with the other tribe mates and upping their chances of survival. Their plans is to still get Rodney and possibly Shireen, Nina, Tyler to vote Will. The rest of the tribe, encouraged by Haley and Lindsay's efforts and the possibility of working with them in the case of a swap, look to possibly target Rodney as a bigger wild card. Um, So finally, Halsey starts to get a little traction. We've seen them as the bottom of the tribe. But Rodney's starting to rub people the wrong way. Even Will, at this point, is kind of rubbing people the wrong I mean, way.
3: Totally I think at this point, if they had gone to tribal council, they didn't. Again, spoilers. But I do think it probably would have been Lindsay or or Haley. Um, I think that the main alliance put in enough effort with Rodney that they probably would have saved him, at least in that first vote. Maybe the second vote, they would have burned him. But I, mean, I guess we will never know because they didn't go to tribal. But I think at that point, we you still had that five-person outsiders alliance. Will, Nina, I'm not even gonna try to say her name, Carolyn and Rodney group and Tyler. I think that was really the the group that was controlling things. Um but it, Sheeran, I I, I I still can't say it. So.
1: Not Ed Sheeran. Ed. Yeah, Sharon <laughs> <laughs> Serene.
3: Serene. Yeah. But who cares about them because they ended up winning out until the swap. It was the Green Fribe that went to tribal, and that's where we kind of saw the beginning of Erica's emergence as this flip-flopping maniac
1: tornado yeah so it says even though mausolus originally posted a code for all of chimeros to see
0: oh that was painful
1: <laughs> shift that was gears so and painful narrowly win immunity yeah this challenge was awesome on both on both games <laughs> as is usually the case it's a fun challenge chimeros is sent to their third tribal council in a row brad immediately posts a fake idol But no one buys the ruse. At the last minute, Erica, Jeannie, and JD are all whispering to figure out whether the vote is on Brad or Voce. JD votes within 19 seconds to spare. Jeannie switches her vote within one second to spare. And Erica tries to switch her vote two seconds too late, which sends Voce packing. This tribal council was everything. I mean, we really didn't have like three votes right before the final. So we were like, I don't know who's going home. I really thought it would be Brad. I thought Voce did a great work coming out from like the biggest target to kind of under the radar. But unfortunately for him, Brad was able to eke this out just barely at four to three.
0: And the funny thing is that Brad used Voce's idol. That was his fake idol. He didn't even bother to make a fake idol like I did, (laughs) but whatever.
2: And it wasn't really that nobody bought it, 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 but it distracted everyone enough to kind of make people not sure what to do next. So it was a bit of a regroup.
0: Because it did its work at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. It wasn't meant to make people seriously think it, but it was a good distraction on Brad's part. And it didn't seem
2: to have a negative lingering effect on Brad or his reputation
3: with the others, so...
2: I'd say it was a successful antic.
3: Yeah, they all view Brad sort of as a, as a big-time player anyway. They did before, they still do. But I think the craziest thing is Erica had just pulled off with Voce, this big move against Sydney. And she, instead of you know, using that to lock in with Voce and sort of taking control of the tribe, she I understand she tried to switch it back to Brad at the end, but why even put the vote on on Voce to begin with? Like It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, she
1: is someone who lets paranoia get the better of her and so if someone comes to her late in the round and says hey this person's getting votes she's gonna believe him regardless i think she's at least she'll be panic about it yeah which is erica is
0: a very spontaneous player the past few rounds she's gone from zero to a hundred real quick
1: yeah it's almost like um i would hate to rely on erica as like a swing vote at any point in the game
3: yeah that would be very very dangerous and, and I think Jeannie fl- flipped too to uh, to vote for Voce because she heard from Erica that the votes were going to Voce. So somehow it just became a thing that the votes are going to Voce. Maybe someone said a half truth and then the telephone takes over and all of a sudden everyone thinks the votes are on Voce and they all flip to him. It, it was, um, yeah, it was wild. It left this tribe in a very interesting spot because they had just taken out one of Brad's top allies. Then someone who had just taken out Brad's top ally is the one who goes next. So. Obviously, they get to a swap, but if they had stayed together, who knows who would have been the dominant alliance? It really isn't even clear.
1: And Brad is falling into that chaotic player role where, you know, it's almost like people, they don't give him a pass, but it's like they almost ignore his bullshit because they know it's going to happen. So he just kind of gets away with it out of people being over it, which is super entertaining for us. (laughs) So so anyway, let's get into the swap We'll switch back over to Crete, the tribe swap to two Tribes of seven. So we have two random splits, four to three on both tribes. So on New Lato, we have Jacob, Jay, Jessica, Ken, Stephanie, Taylor, and Wendell. And on New Zachros, we have Bradley, Brett, Cece, Dominic, James, Morgan, and Rachel. I think this was a pretty even split considering they had even numbers and I think they, they kind of shook out even ish. But let's get into what actually went down. So on Leto, Stephanie, Jacob, and Wendell are in a clear minority with the OG Zachros all having previously been aligned. Stephanie and Jacob are fine targeting each other after all the drama on OG Leto. We start to see Stephanie, Jacob, and Wendell become like this underdog. What do you guys think of um, Leto's shakedown?
0: I was a little scared for the OG Leto just because Stephanie and Jacob didn't exactly get along and Wendell is the glue here that is really keeping them together. And as soon as I saw the swap, I mean, it was obvious that Jacob or Stephanie would likely be the targets. And Wendell could probably wedge his way into the main group because Jay and his group was on this tribe. Basically, it would be, I think it would be up to Wendell whether he would prefer Jacob to go or Stephanie to go based on what would be better for his own game, but also what the Zachro's people on New Lado would want if they were feeling Jacob or Stephanie more. And I think throughout the round after the initial swap, they were sort of leaning towards wanting Stephanie out, but it was still a back and forth. Yeah, some people prefer Jacob, some people prefer Stephanie. They managed to stick together through an uneasy truce. Uh, Stephanie and Jacob, that is. But like if you read their IMs with other people and their confessionals, they still weren't on the best terms, but they wanted to make sure that they were the ones that got in with these Zachros people and not the other one, if it came down to those two.
1: Right. On uh, Zachros, Cece feels swap-fucked, especially with all of her closest allies on Leto. Even though Dominic immediately hopes to work with the three Zachros. CC refuses and calls him aggressive. She also tells everyone she is not going to, to play the game to survive. And she knows that she's on the outs, even though it isn't true. So a little bit of sour grapes here from CC, Kind of a quit. Like she doesn't really interact with people over the weekend. She kind of goes on like this pity party of losing her tribe mates, even though she kind of I mean, she would have had a fine chance of doing well. It's
0: just yeah, kind of unfortunate. she acted completely mm-hmm. defeated. Like, oh no, I have to talk to people again.
2: Yeah, I, I it, it was apparent from watching her chats that she had completely given up with everyone. She wasn't holding out any hope. She didn't think she had any chance at all, and then yeah. acted surprised when when she was their unanimous choice.
0: Like CC, but- the thing with CC as well is um, she was really close with Jay, and I know that some people like Dominic were wanting to try and form something with Jay, and I think Dominic would have meant his word when he wanted to work with CC and everything, and. Maybe they could have got something on Brett or Rachel, or who knows if the Dominic and James feud would continue and Dominic would maybe turn on James. who knows like I don't basically what I'm getting at is it wasn't surefire that CC would be going home, but just after the way that CC was a total uh, drama queen just De facto quitting, essentially. Really did not make a good impression on everyone. And yeah, it ended up a uh, unanimous vote.
2: Something they could all agree on.
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate because after the game, she's been great in Lurker's Lodge and she was great right before that. So it's almost, you know, and she's like, wants to play. Again. So it's just, it's unfortunate that she gave up so easy because I think given the three days, she had plenty of opportunities to turn it around. Yeah. But you know, what you gonna do? <laughs> So CC gets booted. Let's talk about Rhodes. It's the swap on Rhodes as well. The new Chimeros tribe is Carolyn, Jeannie, Haley, Ricard, Rodney, Shireen, and Tyler.
3: So and new a, Mos- a, a, sorry, I just wanted to point out, that's the that's 5-2 advantage for old Mausolus there, so there was going to be a big target on, on Jeannie and Ricard to try to work their way out of, to, at least to start.
1: Yes, and as we know, Jeannie and Ricard are very close allies. On new Mausolus, we have Brad, Erica, JD, Lindsay, Nina, Tiffany, and Will. It's more of an even split, but still with only Brad, Erica, and Tiffany as the. Um, well, no, I'm and sorry. They had, the, they had a 4
3: 3, yeah. Right. So Old Camaros had a 4 3 on New Moseless. Um And then unfortunately, Nina kind of was inactive over the weekend, and ended up that they got COVID. Um, so it, it was uh, a situation where they weren't really able to chat much and kind of became apparent they weren't going to show up and the vote really settled between Lindsay and Will among the old Camaros members, despite some inroads that I think Lindsay made with Brad especially. But it just seemed like that old Camaros group was just going to really stick together. And it it was not looking good for Lindsay or Will uh, going into if they were going to lose immunity.
2: Also, JD was gone most of that week on spring break.
1: Yeah, this is really, this is where the drama ramps up on both games, but in particular, the Mozilla's tribe. This is where we see Lindsay, who has been an underdog the entirety of the time on her tribe, really gets thrown under the bus hard by her tribe mates and is looking like a boot here, despite the fact that Nina's nowhere to be found. She hasn't shown up since the swap uh, and it's been like four days and JD's like on spring break kind of showing up but not really and, and despite all of that the Chimeros players want Lindsay gone over those two inactives or semi-actives and so that's really where the game <laughs> kind of ramps up because going into that tribal council Lindsay's getting most of the votes despite the fact that Nina was probably getting pulled anyway for inactivity but we did receive word that Nina unfortunately I guess got covid or might have gotten covid i mean couldn't really focus on the game any longer so she resigned she quit the game
3: yeah you know before we go on to kind of what ended up happening out of that just um since you know i do know nina i just wanted to put a button on their game and say i think they did a really good job starting off kind of uh, i think a little bit too slow but really uh being able to flip things and and be kind of the centerpiece along with tyler of that five-person oddballs alliance i think they were in a really good spot before the swap and before you know the inactivity but um so i do think it's a good first true online org effort for um for nina so props to her but but yes i mean she ended up being inactive and they were not going to vote her out and i think pooty you got a little bit uh a grumble still skinny over there
1: yeah, um I don't love inactives. I don't care who knows it. I I just don't. I don't think it's a valid part of the game. Like people use it to their advantage in online games and that's not a factor in the real show. It's not something they have to deal with there. So I think we have to make special arrangements for that factor of the game online to where people just might not show up. In which case It's not fair to the rest of the people that do show up. And it really upsets me when people would like to keep people who do not show up over people who really want to be in the game. Because mind you, we spend two, three months sometimes narrowing down hundreds of applications, maybe like a hundred, but lots of applicants who would love to be in the game to get to this final set of people only to get so far. And then, you know, they want to get rid of people who still want to be there. So I'm not down with that. I'll just pull people. I don't care. Because I'm not about people dragging people who aren't around further in the game just because it's easier. It's not it's not something that should be part of the game. So I took this opportunity to let my feelings be known that we don't put up with that shit in Stranded. If you're going to take an inactive with you in the game, I'm going to name and shame you. (laughs) It's just going to happen. So, yeah, I took that tribal council to grandstand a little bit. um, Put some shame. They left an
0: impression, that's for sure, with some of them. Some of them got really salty afterwards. Yeah, like, Brad, Erica, and Brad. They were uh, Epiphany. Yeah. yeah. Oh
3: yeah. They, they were, were. They were hoping when Lindsay would go and they wouldn't have to deal with her, but then it sort of becomes obvious they were going to vote out Lindsay or Will, and I think Lindsay got the impression it was her, and then they were forced to either like straight up lie to her, like Erica, who was like, no the whole time or others who were like yeah it was you but i mean they still had a four two advantage like they should have been able to recover from that pretty easily um, we'll find out what happened next but they didn't
1: this decision of theirs to keep around inactives is going to come back to bite them and will be a cautionary tale in future seasons which i love
0: i think it's also just different to if it's an inactive like someone who hasn't been around for a few days like in the middle of a swap as opposed to like maybe the first or second round where that's like when you generally get inactives out or people who just aren't around a lot like rodney isn't an inactive he does show up he's just very very sporadic and when he does show up
1: i would put Rodney with jd in that capacity like i'm not giving rodney a pass just because he's highly entertaining i didn't give jd a pass i gave them both warnings uh, along with nina to I think um, Ken on the other
0: tribe yeah Ken Ken
1: as well Uh, I gave all those people warnings of hey your activity level is not the same as the rest of the cast correct that or we'll correct it for you by getting rid of you unfortunately a majority of them aside from Nina who had unforeseen circumstances have turned it around or did turn it around, so it didn't have to be, become a bigger problem. But let's go ahead and talk about um, after this boot, where Nina gets pulled. We go into Crete.
3: This is the, the idol hunt in, on Crete.
1: Yeah, this round was nuts on Crete, and it was nuts on both drive, both games. It was just it was just a wild round.
0: So for the idol hunt, I mean, I was sort of a part of it because it was like 5.30 in the morning, and then Stephanie is like, hey, I think I found the idol. I'm like, oh crap, I'm about to go to bed, but let me help you out. But Stephanie and Wendell, I mean, a lot of people on Crete were trying to hunt for the idol on both Leto and Zachros, but... It was Wendell and Stephanie were sort of working on it together, not fully, they were still trying to be vague because both wanted the idol for themselves, but they were very close. I know Wendell input the, I think it was the town that the password was in, like the statue, but Stephanie was the one who actually input it properly. And so she found the idol and she was, of course, at this point by now, target number one. And unless if an idol play happened, Stephanie was going to go even over Jacob. And so the fact that she got this really helped things go around. But there was still the obvious factor of does she know that she has to play it? Because as we've seen with this season, we've had three bad idol misplays and two of them were sent home with an idol. So I was thinking maybe Stephanie would be the third one that goes home with an idol in their pocket. But, you know, third time could also be the charm. Right. And sure enough, that's uh, what happened.
1: Well, so we got we to gotta talk about the challenge first. Right, right. It's of yeah, course. That's important. Um, and this challenge always brings some drama of some kind. Uh, we've done it in every season since Stranded in Peru. And it has since been used in countless online games, even so far as going to the real show after they consulted us ahead of Tuamotus. So it's finally time for the prisoner's dilemma, which of course means if you take individual immunity, you're sending your tribe to tribal council. If no one takes it, both tribes go to tribal council where everyone's vulnerable. And of course, if the tribe opposite of the person who takes individual immunity is now safe. So it's a little bit of a a double edged sword. You get to be immune, but you're also sending your tribe to tribal uh, and there's no safety net after that. So really, this presents an opportunity. And the problem is (laughs) we posted that. And the biggest rule of this and we put in big, bold fucking red letters, no communication beyond this point with anyone. And instantly... Jacob asks, can we whisper? I say, no, no communication. And then he proceeds to whisper to Dominic, I think, on the other tribe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just long ass uh, strategy about what they should do. I'm like, so I had to delete that. But then I (laughs) issued him a penalty of losing his vote, as well as not being able to grab the immunity coming up. And of course, this is really going to fuck up the original Leto's plans coming up. But in the immunity challenge, Jay ends up taking immunity, sending Lado to Tribal Council.
0: And I think the main reason he did this is just because he wants to make sure that Stephanie is sent home. And, you know, CC already left on Zacros, and so... Probably didn't want to lose anyone else that was an ally of his or could potentially become an ally of his. Whereas we clearly had the votes here. Idols notwithstanding, they had the votes to get Stephanie out and so i think that's the reason why jay took it is to secure that and make sure that they could make their plan work
1: yeah unfortunately for him he doesn't know that stephanie found an idol but also wendell has an idol Mm -hmm. so that tribe's looking real good with just jacob being vulnerable who can't vote Uh, but i think jacob had a pretty good relationship with the other tribe so it wasn't likely he would get votes Fortunately for us, the Leto players all decided to target Ken, who up until this point, I think, was the least involved in the game or the plans of the game.
2: Yeah, he was being carried as an extra vote.
0: Yeah, that was essentially it. Like he was a part of the Ken, Jessica, Taylor, Jay group. But Ken was definitely more on the bottom, especially as recent rounds came about because of his activity level or lack thereof and basically was just a secure vote if they had to vote one of their own off to help please the og Lato people on their tribe ken was by far the easiest one that they would be happy to sort of throw away if they could get someone like jacob or wendell to join them instead not everyone voted Ken. Most voted vote Stephanie. but then Stephanie and Wendell were going back and forth on how to go about it, mostly Stephanie, and Stephanie decided that she was going to play her idol and idol out Ken. Because OG Zacra people on the tribe were scared of Stephanie doing an idol play against one of them, they told Wendell to vote Ken so that there would at least be an out for them if Stephanie, were to go against Jay or Jessica or someone that Ken would at least make it a tie vote if it was 1-1 with the rest of the Stephanie votes being canceled. But it turns out that it just sent Ken home with two votes.
3: Yeah, sucks to suck, Ken.
2: Go arm with <laughs> beat Navy. I think Wendell was happy to make that kind of deal because it showed that he was willing to work with, quote, the other side of New Leto and uh, in broker deals across tribal lines. That's sort of been his M.O. throughout the game. So it doesn't surprise me that he would go along with that.
0: Oh, yeah. This vote for Leto 2.0 was really great for Wendell. He even goes in his confessional about it. It really set him up well. Too bad the Mega merge is about to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Wendell has rebounded from overplaying to playing just hard enough. And really overplaying has benefited him here where he's an underdog and he they need, need to step up.
3: Before we go to Rhodes, I think we should cover Dominic because I think he had an interesting journey in this swap tribe. He seems to have bonded with Rachel. And there's also this whole thing where he's telling James like he vows to never work with Stephanie and like... It's kind of strange. He's being very aggressive about it. Putting aside the Rhodes game, the old Lado has the numbers there, but Dominic's kind of being like a too pushy, and it's, it's sort of a strange. I don't know what you guys think about his position moving forward.
1: I, I mean, he's always been overplaying, so that's not a shock. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. He can rub people the wrong way but i don't think it's seriously enough to make anyone go against him that isn't already against him like i know him and stephanie heads, but i think that most people if they don't really like how pushy dom is you know they'll accept him just because he is probably like a good person to bounce ideas off of and just a good game player otherwise. And, you know, he can show good connections to other people, like how fast he connected with Rachel. As you said, Rachel in general is just really great. She's like a great cockroach. She will survive and I think that for the mega merge, she will do really good, making a good impression on the people from Rhodes, and that's what she should do if she wants to stay even longer. And I think she will.
1: Yeah, shout out Jessica for blocking Stephanie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: God, yeah, As the second
0: person she's blocked. Yeah, we already talking about Jessica, but iconic.
3: <laughs> Let's move on to Rhodes. I think before we go into the, the challenge, it's important to kind of know what was happening between the last challenge. So after Nina leaves so first off you had will and Lindsay kind of realizing that you can whisper cross tribe in the challenge chat and over the course of the next day they're like whispering at tyler and whispering at hallie like help us help us we're we're gonna die like save us so Tyler and the old Mosel's um, people on Camaros know, you know, hey, maybe we need to throw this to save our friends on the other tribe. And they're they're definitely contemplating that. But at the same time, uh, Tyler especially has a really good bond developing with Jeannie. Tyler and Shireen have a good blooming four, group of four with Jeannie and Ricard a little bit. But I'd say that the core of that is Tyler and Jeannie's bond. So you know they're thinking, well, you know, do we really want to throw this? Are we fine just either losing Ricard or losing Rodney? And I don't know if they ever really made a decision. But it doesn't end up mattering because Lindsay and Will are so paranoid and desperate that Lindsay immediately acts on the prisoner's dilemma situation.
1: Yes. So prisoner's dilemma again pops up. It's interesting to note too uh, the the reaction after that tribal council was so bizarre to where you know. Will and Lindsay are close, but then suddenly JD pops up because, of course, we've given him pretty good tongue lashing and tribal council as well as his warning. So we really see a lot of interesting dynamics going into the Prisoner's Dilemma. And of course, when it's offered immediately, like to the second... Lindsay
0: claims it. So right on the dot.
1: Yeah. Haley was contemplating taking it and chimeros were all contemplating, you know, throwing the challenge for those two guys. But Lindsay takes it. So suddenly there's a huge power shift and without anyone else to target, the new chimeros kind of looks towards getting rid of Will. And he freaks the fuck out. (laughs) Freaks the fuck out. And this is also where JD kind of steps up as a player and kind of wakes up, which this is the part about the cautionary tale. (laughs) If you're going to keep around people who are semi-active, you need to realize that, yes, it can be an easy vote for you, but also you don't have the time to talk to these people like you would any other player. So you can't develop a bond with them like you could other players. So JD really doesn't have much loyalty to anyone because he hasn't formed that relationship with them. So when it comes down to it and JD sees this opportunity starts talking to Lindsay about it, that's when they start to talk to Will about possibly getting him on side. Because at this point, he was kind of against Lindsay.
0: Yeah, she got a hailstorm of emoji and
3: capital letters thrown to her. In the challenge thread, too. So publicly, he freaks out. And he, he, I mean, he thinks he's gone because he thinks it was either going to be him or Lindsay going. And I mean, they'd been working on JD, but he clearly didn't really buy that. And he says in public, like, calling Lindsay a snake yeah Uh, she wants Shireen out um which I don't know if that is really true or not I mean I think that there may have been some talk about you know way back in the past about her being a little bit skeptical of of Shireen and, and because Shireen was not in there like core original four group i honestly don't even know if that was true and will ends up um through a lot of prodding from jd and Lindsay, apologizing both privately and publicly to Lindsay. once it becomes clear to will that hey maybe I, i'm not actually going um maybe these people actually do want to work with me uh and so i shouldn't burn all my bridges publicly uh <laughs> go send them for reeling him back in from the depths of hell
1: well so it was funny because it took some doing to do that like he wasn't just on board jd had to be like just apologize to her tell her tell her (laughs) it was heat of the moment like you're going home regardless so you might as well and he was like no i refuse to apologize publicly And he's like just do it just say you're sorry you didn't know what you were doing like we can still stay in the game if you just do this one thing and he was like really putting up a fight about it
2: he was. He was he came off spring break fighting, wanting to make a big move, and this is what He saw it was available for him to do.
0: His flight landed and he was already out the gate ready to fight.
1: Yeah, we love to see a turnaround on Stranded.
3: But I mean, it it is funny that, you know, in order to make his move, he has to corral this like total wild card and whale who's just flying all over the place. You know, (laughs) it's like like trying to ride a whale. Like, I don't know if you were like, on like a, you know, a harness (laughs) on a whale, like trying to like stay on. He's like, are you saying that because he's fat? (laughs) Uh, A little bit, yeah. Uh, a little beach whale
2: i was so impressed with Lindsay about how she fought for that and fought to stay it was really fun to watch that Yeah,
1: i love that she was like if you want to keep you you need to publicly apologize and like <laughs> oh, yeah. this is what you need to say
2: that. you need to say it now
1: yeah it was amazing <laughs> she was well, so she
0: will on a leash
1: uh, also amazing was the other part of the tribe seemingly in disbelief at what was occurring to them and like totally pissed off not only not being able to get Lindsay up before but now she's immune so they're like super defeated They go into that council like not confident at all, even though they should have the numbers if JD's with them. Mm -hmm. They're not sure about it.
0: Yeah, Brad was doing all that he could to try and get JD on board. Because the thing is, is that like you said about relying on inactives or semi active people, for the most part, people just told JD the vote and JD was like, okay, this is the majority vote, then I'll just vote them. And he did. But this time, JD came to play. So when Brad and Erica tried to talk to JD, JD was just not having it. And JD was really, not stubborn in a bad way, but he was just really standing his ground and being firm about the way that he was going to vote. And that really sent shockwaves to Brad and Erica, who were thinking, oh shit, Like this isn't working like it used to.
1: Yeah, um, Erica's world slowly crumbles. And as we know, Erica does not do well under pressure. So Tribal Council comes down and for the first time in this, well, for the second time, but...
0: Yeah, we had a tie, I think, for OG Leto.
1: Okay, yeah, on Crete. Yeah. So it comes down to a tie. Three votes for Will, three votes for Tiffany. Ultimately, a lot goes on at that Tribal. You know, both sides are like, I'm not budging. I'm not budging. We got you
3: a lot of whispering you know, obviously uh... oh, yeah it was switching. wild
1: but of course Erica doing as she does flips on Tiffany and for her to go home, which honestly I probably would do that too. Like, is it really worth going home for Tiffany? Probably not. Uh- it would have <laughs> been
3: a it would have been a three way rock, right? It would have been between Erica, Brad, and JD. So you know, it's not like it's rocks among the six people. Like you know, there yeah. were, it was not good odds for her. So I think it does make sense. I mean, going back a couple rounds, Erica was just flipping on Brad and uh, Tiffany and Sydney because they cornered her and said vote this way and she was like no and, and went against him so I, I don't know if Erica trusts anybody it seems like she works with people for a round and then flips on them and, and she'll keep doing that but I think for her self-preservation yeah it probably made sense to, to
0: boot Tiffany like the way Erica is flip flopping like a damn fish I mean I'm here for her. at first I wasn't but then now it's just not only is it entertaining but it's also fresh to see this kind of play style of flipping back and forth like per round not like every few rounds but like it's almost seemingly every round because it's unpredictable and people can try to court that if they're able to get to her
2: i'm just really impressed with how fluid she's playing i'm not sure she's she's playing badly i think she might be playing really well she has a lot of gaming experience i think it's showing in her confidence level with being able to flip like that
1: she's overly paranoid but that's not necessarily a bad thing Certainly keeps your your game sharp like you're, you know, you're always looking if this is the best move for you. I think it's a little erratic. It's a little not controlled.
3: It's not going to help her win in the end, but it could help her make it day to day. She's not going to win a jury vote, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly she's playing hard and she's she's playing the game, which is more than you can say for some people. So... Or for most people, she might be playing harder than a lot of people. But yeah, I don't know if I would say she's like the best player at this point, but I wouldn't say she's the worst.
2: I think we'll see if she changes her game when the people she's playing against are potentially in the jury.
0: Yeah, or when she sees 12 new people show up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think she's emerging as a character. Yeah. I want to put a button on this tribe because, you know, they. this is, I think, the tribe that morphed the most during this most recent swap. You know, you you come in with a 4-3 advantage of old Camaros that seems pretty close and it seems like you have Nina Will and Lindsay who are like not really the closest and they're going to get picked off Um, and it's just a matter of who and you end up with will and Lindsay making it on tiffany going home nina going home and you kind of have this group of five moving forward that's like who knows where the line is you know you have brad on one end who's like was kind of a kingpin over at old camaros and is now like who knows what you have jd kind of in the middle making big moves you have Lindsay, the ultimate uh, survivor just like making it one day at a time a will who's you know who who knows what, what will's doing with his you know Bunch of final twos and alliances and emojis. and emojis and and then Erica. So it's a really interesting group of five. I have no idea if as they move forward. I mean, honestly, I think this is where you're going to see um, not to get into the next uh, what's going to happen with the twist, but you're going to be offering people uh, a choice to do something bold. I think you're going to see these are the five people who play boldly, and I think you're going to see some of them take you up on that opportunity. So we'll see where it leads them um, in the game merge.
1: So, with that, that closes out Stranded in Rhodes. and it closes out Stranded in Crete. And finally, we're going to get to see uh, Stranded in the Aegean Sea. And I i'm so excited because
0: Woo-hoo. i'm so excited that i don't have to have two windows separately oh, yeah, <laughs> just or like
1: worried about slipping and calling them something else you know calling them the different drive oh God, or a yeah. different game. <laughs> i i think this has run very smoothly we'll see how the merge goes tonight but we haven't had hiccups yet Uh, Knock on wood. But I've just been impressed with this cast overall. I think so many of these early boots were very entertaining, like incredibly entertaining. So that's shocking. And then when you look at everyone that's left, they're still super entertaining people. So I think we're in for a treat with... 24 of this game's most exciting characters. I mean, maybe some of the more exciting ones went earlier, but certainly they've stepped up. The ones who were left, and I think that that will continue. I think as we go down in the line, some of the people who had more room to hide—they they have a longer path to the finish than they once thought. So we'll see what happens. I'm I'm super excited. I'm also interested to see how these two groups combine because it's never been not in stranded pre-stranded maybe, but. We've never had this situation where we have two different games that have like their own culture almost that has been grown it, to where it's two very different seasons and, and how they'll mesh together because, you know, maybe all of Crete was playing more strategically, whereas all of Rhodes is very loud and, you know, crazy with PSP2. And so uh, <laughs> when these two groups come together, I think that's going to be super fun. And we'll see what happens. I, James seems to think somebody will quit. I, I think that's a long shot, but I guess we'll see. I guess it could happen.
3: I don't think you're going to see people quit, but I think you're going to see people uh, blow up, which will be interesting, you know. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that
0: mixed tribe the most, because they're going to be the first ones to get a direct uh, Mm -hmm. conversation. They can interact immediately, as opposed to only sort of seeing, okay, I see this person from this other game is online all the time, or, oh, this person seems to have a high post count. They can interact right away. And so that's going to be
3: the tribe I look at most, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, should we quickly do like winner picks at this point? I think it could be
1: interesting. Yeah, no, I think it's a good idea.
2: I have a couple of.
1: And I think we can do them for both games since there will, in essence, be a winner from each game. Um. Uh, go ahead, Susie. Who do you, who do you think has well, a good Well, I
2: think that Erica and Wendell are going to fare the best because of their fluid gameplay. I think they're the least likely to be upset about any, you know, about this merge or this game merge. I think that they they're primed for this. They they don't they have some strong alliances but not that many. I don't think they're going to rely on their alliances. So if they get split up from them, I don't think it's going to affect their progress. So that's who I'm calling for now.
1: Um I'll go I'll go next. The, the players I'm most impressed with that I think have a very good shot. I have to say Genie uh, as well as Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think on Rhodes those are my two Two players that stand out to me as playing very well. Ricard is as well, but I think maybe two, it's too obvious. Whereas I think Tyler and Jeannie are kind of under the radar-ish to the point where I can see them going very deep and and not facing too many obstacles. And then on Crete, I really like Morgan Mm -hmm. and I also like Jay. I think those would be my two where, you know, they're aggressive enough, but... Uh, they still have like this cool demeanor of not r- ruffling too many feathers. So that's that's who I would watch out for.
3: Oh, I'm going to go with Jeannie and Tyler on roads. Um, if I if I wasn't going to say one of those two, I would say Shireen. Now, I do think she's been a little less active than Tyler and, and Jeannie in terms of the chatting. But I think she's really well positioned and really well insulated. I do think she has to pick up her her um, social level, and maybe she will with this new merge. But if she does, uh, I do think she's someone who's in a really good spot. I mean, I even think someone like Lindsay, you know, could end up just. Uh, I mean, she she's going to do whatever it takes to survive, and if that means flipping to the other game, if that means flipping, you know, between the tribes within her own side, like she's going to do what it takes, and I think she'll she'll make it far. In terms of the other game, I'll give a shout out to James, um, my namesake um i do think he he was kind of seen in the beginning as the the Lado uh, head the leader of Lado but you know now with this new the way i mean they have the numbers now um on their own side and with this whole total merge um you know who knows if Uh, he is really going to be seen as such a big target. I don't think so. I think there's going to be a lot of other bigger personalities. So um, I'll I'll give a shout out to my old nemesis, James. I think that if I had to pick someone,
0: if I had to pick one from each game, I mean, there are several great players, I think, on both roads and Crete. That will make it into the gamer. But just because they're great game players, it doesn't mean that they'll win. Because I think that targets will form. Like, I mean, similar to Pooty, I think Ricard is really good. But I think that there's just a lot going against him, unfortunately. I think if I had to put money on someone, it would be Tyler who would win. Because I think he's in a position where... He is really articulate in how he plays and strategizes. He's pretty good socially, but at the same time, he's not at the forefront of being a threat. If we were to ask people, who do you not trust or who do you want to go out? There's usually other people that are going to take that spot. So I think Tyler will be good. Lindsay, I'm hoping, goes far. I think that if Lindsay gets put into a position from the get-go where she... Can flip to Crete? Because I mean, besides Haley, I don't exactly know if she has strong allies on roads. So if she can find a good position in Crete, Lindsay could be a sleeper hit to make it to final tribal and win. And then for Crete, I mean... For Cree, I feel like all the big players right now have like and they've had their name not seriously said, but thought of as a name to go. Jay, I think is a great player. Wendell, Dominic, Morgan, uh, even Rachel. I think that all of them have potential, but at the same time, they all have potential to be a target as well. So for me, it's sort of hard to actually pick a like winner pick for Crete. But for similar reasons, I think I might actually have to go with Rachel, actually, because she is the cockroach. And I think that if she makes a good impression on the rest of her fellow Crete members and then the rest of the Rhodes members, I think that she will make it to the end and have a lot of jurors supporting her
1: alright well we are about 15 minutes out from the big <laughs> merge that we've been building up to so we're going to wrap this up it's been very exciting thanks to the co hosts especially uh, Nofo and Levita for maining the other games while I was maining the, the others but certainly to every co-host it's been a, a huge team effort this season I think it went extremely especially smoothly Spencer the number yes. one host yes yes that's true <laughs> be remiss if we didn't mention him but no, I think it's gone it's gone better than I thought it would so that's always a good thing. And tonight, I think it can only go—you know—can only get crazier from here. So we'll see. We're going to be managing twenty-four people at once, but at least it'll only be on one forum. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe it'll be harder. I don't know. But either way, it's going to be a fun season. It has been so far. It's been really fun. So I hope it stays at that level. But with that, we'll see you guys in the AGNC. This has been Pootie Out. Cheers, guys. Cheers to Strat
0: Forty.
2: Mm-hmm. Blurp.